0: Hello, please let me see your ticket subs for the double-edged double bill. We're going Big Willy style with the man in focus himself, Will Smith. week, Adam Thomas and Thomas Mariani will come to the table to discuss the randomly selected yin and yang of a double feature. Then, both will have to pick a number between 1 and 10 in order to seal their fates for the next episode. One will have two good movies, the other two bad ones. Let the chaos begin. I am Thomas Mariani, and I make podcasting look good.
1: I am Adam Thomas, and I'm getting jiggy with it. Don't,
0: please. (laughs) Please don't. There are laws (laughs) against you doing that in certain states. Obviously, in case you couldn't tell, in honor of a whole new world of Aladdin... Coming out, which features Will Smith as the genie. Um, We haven't seen it yet, uh, though that clip came out of Prince Ali.
1: Oh, God. You see that shit? Look, dude, just have him rap. Honestly, that's what Will Smith can do. Just have him rap. He can't sing. No. And then, of course, he throws in a, a few natural, Woo! You know, classic Will Smith bullshit. <laughs> Prince Ali, it's time to save the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess I can segue into... What are your thoughts on Mr. Smith in general? I mean, I don't know. I like the guy. He's just real hit and
1: miss. And he comes off phony a lot, like in interviews and stuff. Like, I don't think anybody's that fucking happy all the time. I mean, maybe if you got millions and millions of dollars, but...
0: And Will Smith doesn't have that clearly at all, right? I
1: grew up obviously with like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and like when bad boys came out, I mean, I was totally pumped for it. And then it's like, I am legend, I robot, aye, 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 I am a robot, oh, yeah, aye, hello. <laughs> Bennett Black, I, <aye>, I, <laughs> god damn it, <laughs> it's just there was so much garbage, and the genie. Which I didn't really have a problem with him being cast as the genie. I'm like, all right, whatever, who cares? Until I saw clips, And I'm like, oh, this really doesn't fucking work. And then this new one coming out, Gemini Man or whatever, which uh, I'm expecting nothing from.
0: But that Ang Lee, though. (laughs) Yeah, but he also did
1: that fucking halftime walk movie, which was dreadful.
0: I mean, for me, I'm a bit younger than you. And I do remember when I was first coming up as somebody who, like, was getting into movies when I was really young, Will Smith was, like, the blockbuster guy. Will Smith was, like, the poster child for, like, this is a cool dude who you want to be. And I think he exudes that charisma, especially early on, even in movies I don't like very much. Like, we've talked about how much we don't like Independence Day, Mm -hmm. but he is, like, the saving grace of that movie. Like, he is so charming, so wonderful. You could tell, like, the moment he kicked that alien's ass and put that cigar in his mouth, like, that's a movie star.
1: Oh, even Wild Wild West. I mean, he's got swagger and charisma throughout that whole movie. It's just a terrible film.
0: Right, and I think that kind of is what's been, unfortunately, pushing him back as he's getting older and he wants to be like, oh, I want to do um, more Oscar-worthy roles, but then also kind of do the blockbuster stuff at the same time. It was like, he was so uninterruptedly successful from, like, the mid-90s to about 2008. And then he stopped making movies and started trying to make Jaden a movie star, which we've talked no about God. with After Earth, CRM M. Night episode. <laughs> <laughs> then after that, he tried to come back to movies like he did Men in Black 3 and a bunch of other things that just didn't hit that well. And it's that weird thing where, like, it all the signs are there for, like, Will, you're not quite that big of a star anymore. But he just refuses to seem to accept it. He's
1: pulling a Tom Cruise, or trying to.
0: Right, he's trying to do the, the difference is, he at least had Mission Impossible, which has been his one safe haven. To and hear. it's
1: worked out for him, because those are good fucking movies. And, like, the first Jack Reacher was fun. Will Smith doesn't have a franchise other than Men in Black. Right. Which, obviously, there's a new one coming out, sans Will Smith.
0: Yes, another example of trying to follow up Will Smith movie without Will Smith, uh, see Independence Day Resurgence... for another failed attempt at that. I I want the best for that, dude. If anything, that's why I'm more curious about Gemini Man. Because if nothing else, it feels like it's him confronting that. Right. It's him literally confronting the younger, hipper version of himself.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like, the tougher, cooler, sleeker version. Uh, So, you're not really hyped? You're not on the hype train for Aladdin?
0: I mean... I'll say this much. It's not just because of Will Smith, though. There's a hundred other reasons why. Well,
1: I mean, could it be that the director of Snatch is directing it? Could that be part of it? I
0: mean, you know, there's that. There's also... Um, <laughs> do we do you have, like, a therapist couch and I can just express all my <laughs> issues?
1: We're not... The non-Arab... Jasmine, is that part of it too?
0: Nasim Pedrad doing the eh, girl face? What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! All of Jafar, everything about Jafar Yeah, uh, I mean, CG Abu <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're here not to talk about Aladdin Because of Aladdin, we decided to talk about two Will Smith movies uh, We're going to do our bad pick first, which is Focus from uh, 2015 And then our good pick, we're going to talk about the, the one that I would argue solidified him as a star Men in Black from 1997. But yeah, we're going to talk about focus first, uh, because there's not a lot to focus on. So yeah, let's just get focus out of the way. Focus. I can convince anyone of anything. I want in. With your
1: current skill set, you don't.
0: Maybe he could teach me in your room
1: so bad is it does it feel sexy on your face a little it does okay let's go you seem trustworthy but you don't know me there's two kinds of people in this world just hammers and nails
0: you decide which one you want to be so uh focus uh came out february 27 2015 And uh, it's actually written and directed by two filmmakers we've talked about previously, uh, Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. They are the writer-directors of I Love You, Philip Morris, which, if you go back to our Jim Carrey episode from earlier in the year, uh, we really loved that movie, right, Adam?
1: Yes. I did not realize this was them. Yeah. That explains one of the actors in it, then. What's Xerxes? What's the
0: Rodrigo Santero, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, So, this Prime Keeper movie... Uh, with him and Margot Robbie, which I realize we—I thought this came out after Suicide Squad, but this is before Suicide Squad. This was apparently the movie where DC Warner Brothers saw them together, and Dailies just like, "Oh, perfect, we gotta get them for Suicide Squad."
1: What the <laughs> fuck did they see that I missed? <laughs> well,
0: on? I don't know if it's really their fault though. the The thing is with this movie for me is that I think it's got all the right ingredients to work. Like, okay, crime caper movie. Um, two likable lead stars, uh, good cinematography. This movie looks gorgeous. And I'll say it's from the same guy who shot, I love You, Philip Morris. Um, it's like Xavier or something. I forgot his name. Um, but it, I think this movie looks immaculate, like, especially any of like the nightclub scenes that are involved in all this other stuff. It's just, the script is really flat.
1: Yeah. It's got a good soundtrack too. I will give it that. But it's such a stereotypical con artist movie where it's a con on a con within a con and a con and a con. Ever since Ocean's Eleven, they've all tried to do it. And by the end, when the last, like, it's a twist happens, I, I was literally, like, groaning. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous.
0: Uh, by the way, that guy's name, uh, Xavier Perez Grobet. Oh,
1: see, I thought I thought it was Charles Xavier, so. Just to say, <laughs> it's Patrick that Stewart, great. just yeah, a side
0: job doing cinematography, but in a wheelchair. <laughs>
1: No! The camera must be put here! (laughs) (laughs) But, um... It's... Beautiful locations. I mean, beautiful leads. The ingredients are there, but the recipe just got jumbled. I was actually kind of into it for, like, the first half hour. Yeah. Like, the whole New Orleans thing. And all that, I'm like, this might... I don't understand why this did it. And then the three-year-later jump happened. I'm like, oh... I get it now.
0: I mean, because my thing with it is like with a good con man movie, right? You, the, the fun of it is watching these people work within whatever means they have to rip people off and use that like charisma and charm while also sliding their arms the other side. Like, that's why my favorite sequence probably in the whole movies when Margot Robbie is first in the crowd in New Orleans and she starts conning people. Yeah. And she just like transposes the money everywhere. That's a really good example of like how I think, despite. I don't like their script. The directors, I think do a really great job of showing off just like, okay, this guy's over here coming this way. Mm Mark Robbie slices this over this way, that way that I was, I agree. Like up to around that point, I was like, Oh, okay. This is actually like, it seems like a fun, small, maybe forgettable caper movie. And then honestly, for me though, it's the scene that takes place at the Super Bowl where I started really getting like, Oh,
1: are you talking about where she sees him in the binoculars? And yeah, yeah, me too.
0: The good saving grace of that scene is BD Wong who is oh, hysterical. Yeah, it's great. Especially when they're just like, you want to do double or nothing? Fuck no, I'm not doing that.
1: But when like, they, when he gives her the explanation, like we've been putting the number 55 in oh his head God. for days. How fucking stupid. Just so like, you're telling me they went up on the light fixtures in the mm-hmm. hotel and put 5-5 five, five on it? Totally, they Adam, put, obviously. They started a fake protest. Vote no on Proposition 55. They put taxi ads up like club fifty five, what? Dude? They played
0: sympathy for the devil twice so that he could get the fifty five bars or whatever the fuck. Woo is Cantonese for five.
1: <sighs> so we go woo woo. It's saying fifty five in Chinese.
0: God damn it! <laughs> I forgot how stupid that example was. I was pushing so that out of my head.
1: Fucking stupid! It's so bad. Like Margot Robbie, D- a gorgeous and b mm-hmm. she's a pretty good actress like she was decent in this
0: what i like margot robbie doing what she at least excels at to me is a character who comes off like tries to put herself out as like a sex pot to trick people when really yes. she is the smartest person in the room i think she right. does that so well in so many movies like a, where she uses her beauty to really try and connive and get what she wants in a way that's like really layered and complex like that's why i love her in itania i have a lot of issues with itania but she's I so seen good that, yeah. in Her and um, Alice and Janie are so good in that movie because it's definitely, it's like the mother carrying on that thing to her daughter. You want to bullshit everybody in the room. I have other issues with that movie, but they are so good because they're able to exude this confidence to prove like they are actually real, three-dimensional characters that people don't give them the credit to be because she's just so gorgeous. And I think the problem with this movie is that they constantly put her in the dark and that makes so little use of her talents.
1: Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, she was more of just the eye candy than anything else. Yeah. And Will Smith, could he be any more bored in this movie?
0: In terms of his career, this is around the same time where he's like, no, I'm, I'm trying to put away the blockbuster stuff because, like, Men in Black 3 disappointed after Earth, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> was, he doesn't want to
1: the... be the funny guy anymore.
0: Well, no, he wants to be like the guy who's like, No I man, I want to be like the Robert Redford of this generation, where like right. I can I can be like the serious dramatic actor, because this is around the same time of like concussion. Like I believe he's losing Oscar opportunities for concussion when this movie comes out around <laughs> that same time. Um and it just feels like this definitely feels like more of a cast job, whereas like it's it's more of a shame in like concussion, where you can tell like he really wants this to work, but it's like, Will, you're not good at this. And this is something that Whereas, this is the reverse, where, like, he should be great at this, and I agree, he just seems to be kind of phoning it in. Because I remember around this time, also, like, there were all these rumors, like, oh, he's having a secret relationship with Margot Robbie. It's like, I don't believe their chemistry.
1: 100%. In fact, that was the first question Heather asked me after I told her I watched it. She's like, so, did they have, like, really good chemistry? I'm like, no. I don't know where people saw it, and they're like, oh, they're having an affair. Like... Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga at the Oscars. Yeah, all right. I think
0: yeah, they were totally fucking based on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right.
1: Of course, <laughs> they're banging. They were they were like HJ each other while they, they are head.
0: not far from their shallows. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah.
1: This, however, what? Like, and then oh, they're doing another movie together. Well, of course they are because of the paycheck. And, nope, not believable at all, and. Like I said, the final reveal where he's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. I was conning her the whole time. Well, I was conning you though, for revenge. And then Major Dad is his dad somehow.
0: <laughs> his Major Dad, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Well, especially because like they had that whole scene where like she has sex with him, and then the next morning he comes in like, "Oh, we gotta hide you." Why? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- why? It just brings up why did you get yourself oh, out my of the God. Lo- that is such. I didn't even place that. Yeah, because he says later on. Major Dad says, "Like, look, hey, you weren't in on this earlier. He was just like, why didn't you just tell her? <laughs> so that, like, he could, you could, oh. be, she could believably like be angry when he gets shot or whatever. Like, I don't.
1: Oh, I never thought. How sloppy.
0: Yeah, right. That
1: that's literally just to make the movie twenty minutes longer. Yo. Yep. <laughs> oh God. And then they're like, their friend, the one who's posing as the football guy and everything.
0: Yeah, Jorge Martinez.
1: How, just for no reason, filthy language and filthy jokes. Oh, it.
0: yeah, but this this movie, weirdly, despite being only four years old, the way it treats women is deplorable.
1: Like, it's constantly. awful. Yeah. But it would make sense if the con artist, like her team in New Orleans or whatever, in the beginning, were telling her, like, and they kind of did in a couple scenes. No one's going to pay attention to your hands if you, if you have a body like that and all that. So they're playing it up because they know, but it was still...
0: You know, it would probably make more sense if they were doing something that was already pretty despicable, not being sexy like con people. If yeah. They were being a bit more despicable, a bit, something, I don't know, like... Um, Maybe they're posing as like a mall Santa and they're stealing from the mall. Oh, wait, that was Bad Santa written by these same people. They did a way better con artist movie.
1: The guys who directed I Love You, Philip Morris, and this wrote Bad Santa? Yes. Oh, no. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: (laughs) I mean, no, I think it makes sense from the lead from Bad Santa to I Love You, Philip Morris. I can believe that because I think they bo- they're, they do a really good job with like especially despicable characters. Like so dark you can comedy. find some kind, yeah, dark comedy. You can find some kind of a heart in these people um, who are mm-hmm. awful. Um, but it just uh, th- this movie has the problem of like, oh, they're con artists, but they're really like sexy, awesome people that you like. They don't want to make them go too far. Yeah, it's this weird thing where they they there's no they want to have the middle ground and they can't really achieve it.
1: Yeah, I just. it's just
0: (sighs) well while you're running out of gas on this why don't you just go into final thoughts so we can talk about the really good movie
1: (laughs) okay I like good con movies I I really like heist movies I really like all that like I said I think Ocean Ocean's Eleven is a really good example of con within a con that works as far fetched as it may be it works this one relied too heavy on the con within a con stick. And it just gets muddy and incredibly unbelievable and boring by the end of it. Um, I mean, even to the point where the last shot of the movie is, Oh, I got his watch. You're like, Oh, for God's sakes, a totally lack of chemistry between the two leads, uh, supporting cast didn't do anything. uh, yeah, good cinematography, beautiful locations, good s- soundtrack, but ultimately, as we said about, and I can't even remember it, uh, <laughs> what movie I said it was ultimately forgettable a couple weeks ago. Uh,
0: Street Fighter II, I think you said.
1: Oh, Legend of Chun-Li. Yeah. Legend of Chun-Li, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is right up there. This is an ultimately forgettable film. Like, I will not remember that I even saw this in a year, or recommend it to anybody or anything it's just i want will smith to get good material that he can choose really chew the scenery on again i don't think bad boys 3 is going to give us that i don't think gemini man is going to give us that um so
0: i, I don't uh, know. but aladdin will adam thomas oh
1: yeah <laughs> prince <laughs> ali glorious he you're like oh stop
0: just stop this. Hey, he's doing a pretty great job of doing the Disney play at the theme parks of Aladdin. Oh,
1: I mean, at best, it's like, that's the guy who does the stunt spectacular singing. It's,
0: it's terrible. Wait, wait, let's stop talking about Aladdin. Finish. What were, you were talking about focus, right? focus. Focus on focus.
1: Hey, I don't understand how it made $160 million. I, I don't. I didn't even know this movie existed. I remember that they did another movie together. But I didn't know this was even what it was called. Um, I just think it's a—it's just, like I said, an ultimately forgettable movie. I had a hard time focusing on focus.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I I liked it fine. I think there's some cast members that are decent. Like, I like B.D. Wong. I like that uh, Brennan Brown, the guy who plays his right-hand man, who kind of looks like Kevin Spacey. He should just be the new Kevin Spacey.
1: Well, I think that would be better for everybody at this point.
0: Think for everybody. Overall, yeah, it just wants to have its, like, con characters be super sexy, but also super evil. It doesn't quite know how to balance that. And the way that it just makes the cons escalate just feels so ridiculous to a point where it's just like, why am I, I don't believe any of the story. I'm not invested in anything that's going on. And uh, also, like I said before, uh, it's really fucking awful and sexist. (laughs) (laughs) So, but at the same time, I'm not mad enough. It's where, like, this would be, oh, I hate it so much. It's like you said, I'm going to forget about this movie. I'm going to see it on Letterboxd. like, oh, I did watch Focus.
1: I added it to a, a list of our films that we've covered today, and, that, and that'll be the last time I ever think about it.
0: <laughs> like... or, or you could find my list that has all the links to all the different episodes in the notes section. Silent Tom on Letterboxd. Plug. <laughs> oh. <well. laughs> Because I curate my shit, because um, I'm that big of a dork, doesn't have that much time. After we we forgot about this movie, um, let's go ahead and get into a movie that has stuck in my memory for quite some time, and I think has stuck in the memory of a lot of people. Uh, men in Black. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial
1: government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the Men in Black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. <gasps>
0: I knew it. This is an alien, and you guys are from some government agency trying to keep it under wraps.
1: okay
0: no. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Will Smith. Men in Black. Protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe. Big Blockbuster came out July 2nd, 1997. Along with Independence Day, it sort of said Will Smith as Mr. Fourth of July. Um, it is his second highest grossing movie behind... Independence Day with a worldwide gross of 590 million dollars.
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's a pretty decent chunk of change. A 500 million dollar return? Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Yes, on a 90 million dollar budget, yeah. It's uh, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, his first non-Adams Family movie, because he directed those two movies. Holy shit, really? No, I'm sorry, no, he did do Get Shorty in between.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, well, even that, this is only his fourth movie?
0: And that's like a really good first four movies. It, those are amazing
1: first four movies to yep. have on a resume. And he
0: completely went downhill right after this. What did he do next? Well, Wild Wild West.
1: He really went tits up. That oh, poor bastard. And this is loosely based on a comic book.
0: Right, yeah. The Marvel comic by Lowell Cunningham.
1: Yeah. And I say loosely. I mean, the biggest one I can kind of use an example to compare it to would be like The Mask with Jim Carrey. Uh, Where in Look... It's it's based on the comic book. I, I mean, I guess this one even more loose. You could put any two fucking jokers in black suits and called the men in black. But it, it's really not like the comic book at all. So I definitely like. Rushed out to see it when it first came out, because I, I pretty much see anything based on comic books, especially at this time. And uh, I'm glad you picked this one. But I know how much you love this one, so I'm going to let you have the floor for a minute.
0: Um, Yeah, I, uh, Men in Black was a movie that I watched vigorously on VHS. This is one of the first movies I remember loving on VHS as a kid. Um, and I was worried, especially because this is the first time I'd seen it in a while, I actually bought the Blu-ray. I was like, is this going to hold up quite as well? Or am I going to see more issues with it? And if anything, time has just been more and more kind to this movie, I think, because it's such a great example of, like, one, immensely perfect casting. Like you you couldn't not cast this movie more perfectly. Between Tommy Lee Jones, who was basically born a curmudgeon Saint Bernard.
1: Yeah, no, he's fantastic.
0: Perfect casting for this. And then contrasting him to Will Smith in his Heyday, the right off of Independence Day. The the perfect dude who would be like a very vigorous cop who at the same time has a smart mouth. But also I I love the scene so much where he does the whole testing thing with all the military guys, and he's shooting, and he shoots for the little girl with the quantum physics book. It's a yes, fun joke. Yes. It's a fun joke, but also does a great job of setting up the fact that he thinks outside of the box, which makes him the perfect kind of candidate for the minute black. That's what's so great about this script, which is from Ed Solomon, who interestingly, to connect to our last episode, uh, was one of the guys who created Bill and Ted.
1: Oh that kind of makes sense, actually.
0: Yeah, and it's a great example of doing setup and payoff and doing it perfectly and building up this whole world in the same way. Where honestly, I think a big reason is because another movie that I loved so much as a kid was the original Ghostbusters. This is the only movie that same type of energy and world building and charm of the cast. That This is the closest we've ever gotten to and No other Ghostbusters movie or Men in Black movie has ever gotten anywhere close.
1: <laughs> That's a hot take, kind of. I agree with you. Uh... See, I still do like Ghostbusters too a lot. I know it's very flawed. But I'd say other than that, then yes, that this would fit right alongside. I mean, all you'd have to do is change their weapons and change the aliens to ghosts, since it's Ghostbusters for the most part. And I do agree with the casting, except for uh, I think Linda for- Fiorentino is such a bore. They're, her chemistry, talk about chemistry with the other two leads, it's non-existent with her. Like, if this would have been uh, Rosario Dawson from Part 2... Then, I mean, it would have just been flawless. I have so many issues with what you're saying.
0: You like Linda Fiorentino in this? I love Linda Fiorentino in this. I think this and Dogma, I think, are great examples of, like, she could have easily been the way more commercial Jean Garofalo for me. I would argue she does have an interesting chemistry with Will Smith. It's not a traditional, like, romance. But that's what I kind of like about it, is that they're, they're playing off each other more as just, like, she is a fiercely independent woman who has a weird job at a morgue. And he is kind of grossed out by her, but also kind of attracted to her at the same time. I, I really like their back and forth. I honestly wish she was in, like, at least Men in Black 2. I really like her in this movie, honestly. Uh,
1: well, I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> I,
0: I, I guess, because, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so much other stuff that is even better. But honestly, like well, uh, the, these, the supporting performance, maybe of all time, is Vince D'Onofrio as Edgar I was Buck. Just, oh my god, dude. He is
1: so... He disappears into that fucking role. Yeah. Literally. I, I still will, like, play with my kid or whatever, and I'll, Ah! You idiot! <laughs> in fact, in a few seconds, what do you be madder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's so fucking good in this movie. He's so funny. He Give me sugar and water. And he's genuinely kind
0: of terrifying. You'll be able to kill us, but you won't be able to get the universe <laughs> we're all dry about one thing. And then he just kills them. <laughs> it's he is so amazing, just like the what he's able to contort his body to do in this mm-hmm. movie. Where you're it's the rare performance where you're just like, I don't know where the makeup begins and he ends with this. Yeah,
1: dude. I mean the way he stiff legged walks all over the place. I mean, he's fucking fantastic in this movie. You're right though. The the supporting cast in this is fucking fantastic. I mean, Tony Shalub is Jeebs is awesome. I do really enjoy this movie, and this is another one that I also had on VHS mm-hmm. that and I watched the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when I was drawing a lot, I would literally I had like six VHS movies that I bought super cheap. They would just go on rotation all day. And I would just draw and stuff and this was one of the six that I constantly found myself stopping what I was doing to watch. You've said before, it's such a like prime example of a almost a perfect summer blockbuster. It's so fun and action-packed and comedy and great leads and a fun story.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I totally... Obviously, I agree with the words that I previously stated on this podcast several times. Uh, I don't know
1: that it was on this podcast. That's why I said No, it. no,
0: it, it was. When we did, I remember, our Alien Invasion episode, this was my alternate pick. I don't remember it we talked about do you don't remember what we talked about five minutes ago remember the focus no exactly but yeah i, I think this is so immaculately written i think especially because like what works in, in the way that i think it works for ghostbusters is the fact that these guys treat these alien invaders just like it's an everyday job it's a living it's part of what we do the fact that it makes that world feel so lived in or especially like right from the beginning, this the opening of this movie is so genius to set up the whole tone and the whole concept, and the, especially the K character, where you have like all these um, illegal immigrants that are coming in, and he just picks out the one that's nailing, just like yeah, go ahead and get rid of the real invaders that are trying to get us all. We haven't talked about it much, but Rick Baker's like alien design and the makeup here it, there's a reason he won an Oscar for it it's amazing it's his tour de force as a makeup artist I would argue and I love like American World in London a lot of the stuff that he did but just the amount of different designs on display and the way that like I said Edgar the Bug feels just like it. that's not Vincent D'Onofrio that's some weird mutant clone he creates this whole universe along with those like the production design I love the look of the Men in Black headquarters now it looks kind of like 60s art deco because that's when this mm-hmm. whole thing started it's just evolved in terms of the technology from there it just, all of it works so well, but it all hinges, really, on Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. And the fact that they feel like such a real duo in the middle of this over-the-top insane world, I think it's just, it's, it's why, like, the casting is do or die on this, and they did such a phenomenal job of getting these two guys.
1: I agree. What did you think of the sequels, honestly? Um, M. Black 2's fucking trash. It's so bad! It's such trash.
0: Lawrence Boyle
1: and Johnny Knoxville.
0: Oh, that was an early example as a child to me realizing like a movie could be really bad. It's a
1: bad, bad movie. It that that's a really good example of a sequel that shits the bed.
0: It's it's so sequel see We're just like, hey, let's bring back David Cross. Let's bring back the pug. Let's bring back the the worm guys and make them bigger roles. Like they're so fun here, or just like they're around the office. They're the assholes in the office that you don't want to be around. They're just like, hey,
1: mm-hmm. people liked. Tommy Lee Jones, even though we clearly gave his character an out at the end of the first one, but we got to bring him back.
0: And just throw to the side, just like, that's why she left you, Jim. Like, fuck you!
1: I kind of like the way they did in part three, where he goes back in time. I thought that was fine.
0: Mainly because Brolin
1: kind of sold the shit out of himself as a younger Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Right, and also I really like Michael Stuhlbarg as the time-traveling alien guy.
1: I did too, and I thought Jermaine Clement was fun as the bad guy. He's there. Yeah, I... <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm just a Jermaine Clement fan, so I noticed him maybe a little bit more. I'm a big
0: Jermaine Clement fan, too, and he's there.
1: You want to fight about it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) No, it's two is
1: shit. Three, I think it's serviceable. But I don't know that this movie warranted a sequel no not at all i mean obviously it made 500 million dollars so they're gonna do it it's a total case of lightning in a bottle i think
0: i mean if anything i'm all right with like if they had done like a men in black international as the second movie where it's like we're not gonna try and do an exact sequel but like hey here's a different part of the world where you have a different group of the men in black a different wing Mm -hmm. that comes in i'm okay with that. I don't think that movie's going to be that good, but at the same time, that's at least I give them credit for, like, they're trying something a bit different with it. And plus, like, Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, you know, Thor Ragnarok, chemistry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. That. Yeah.
1: Well, my thing is, that would have worked as the sequel to this movie. Uh, now it just feels like a cash grab. Totally. And, uh,
0: it... Doesn't look very good either. Not really, no. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a oh. shame where it's like, this. Is, I agree, it's like Ghostbusters where it's such lightning in a bottle of like all the right people at the right time, especially because like with, with Will Smith, what works so geniusly, and I think what made him such a big star, and what made me love him as a star in this movie in particular, is the fact that while he does have this smooth attitude, he is constantly getting himself fucked over. He's like the Bruce Campbell of this movie. Yes! Where he just gets like fucking thrown around. Yeah, he's kind of a dummy. He, he's
1: smart in areas like how to talk to women, uh, brute force, you know, shooting, but he has like zero social skills whatsoever. He's just kind of a rude dummy all the time. He's constantly making fun of people. He's constantly – and he gets his ass whooped in this movie several times.
0: Especially when – I love when he's in the car and they're upside down. And he's got like his feet on the sunroof of the car, and he's trying to get his bearings all the whole time. And yeah, the that's a good one. Fine, or
1: yeah. he's trying to deliver the baby on the side of the road.
0: Of course, he gets where he's earnestly just like, "Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, breathe, whatever that is. Go ahead." <laughs> like the, I agree, yeah, the lack of social skills, and there, then but the also I think Cole has just got him up and beat him against the hood of the car. Yep, it's pretty great. But what I also love is the fact I didn't notice this really until this watch with Tom Lee Jones. What works so well on it is that. You can tell, like, obviously, he sees a bit of himself in Will Smith. Yeah. And I think it's because whenever Tommy Jones actually gets to be, like, a bit of a stinker, a bit more fun in certain places, you can see a bit of that coming out. Like, at the very beginning, when he starts speaking Spanish to everybody, and he starts speaking Spanish to the one alien, it's like, you don't speak a word of Spanish, do you? Yeah. And the guy just laughs. You can tell, like, he has that same sort of, like, comedic sensibility that he shares with Will Smith which you don't see more with Tom Lee Jones because he's just stone-faced St. Like Bernard Tom the Jones whole time. So much. He can be really charming and fun when he wants to be, and mm-hmm. this is a great example of it. But at the same time, he also has that honest sort of, like, regret and about his past with, like, the scene where he looks up his wife. Oh, heartbreaking. Yeah, and just the delivery on the line where it's like, well, I guess you know what they say, better to love than lost. Try it. Mm-hmm. That says so much about that dude. It's so perfectly comedically timed, but also it says a lot about that guy's character.
1: And I also love his his running gag through the movie where he's constantly calling Will Smith like slick slugger sport. <laughs> constantly. And that was one of the things that Will Smith told him that he can't do when he joined. Right. <laughs> he's constantly, okay, whatever you say, slick, right away.
0: <laughs> uh and also uh obviously a lot of credit to uh this is the last role before rip torn went insane officially like he'd been crazy this is the first one before he just went full on like i'm stealing from banks crazy. what i don't know anything about this he uh, i believe attempted robbery at some point maybe it was on a bank but he did attempt robbery while it highly intoxicated
1: did so he tried to rob a bank before dodgeball
0: i, I think it was after dodgeball Okay, so because dodgeball right. so, was a while after, not a while, a while, but dodgeball was what, like two thousand seven, two thousand four. But but even then, like that's still, still not we're torn no. To that's rob a bank. I mean, at some point, because yeah, <laughs> that. I mean, he's always been crazy. Like, have you seen that footage from like the old seventies movie where he tries to like stab the director with a knife and they caught it on camera? No, that's this is a real thing. You can look that up. He tried to stab at least somebody. So he's a maniac. He is crazy. Yes, this is one of the last times I'll say where he was still able to conceal that enough to be in movies because he hasn't been in, he hasn't been in much lately. Uh, but I think he's he is great, especially um, the bit where they talk about the world's gonna explode. And he's just like, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> he just it's like it's a day at the office again. Once again, um, what's interesting. I also found this out: um, the whole backstory for the aliens, where it's like they're trying to like get the galaxy and it's like a peaceful mission, was actually something they did completely in post. Because originally when they shot it, it was actually a whole thing where the tall guy and the guy who owned the cat were actually, like, two warring factions that kept fighting because their dead would actually feed the bugs and keep them at bay. Um, Oh, Jesus. I know, and that was, like, a whole thing that was in there. And in post, without any reshoots, they were just like, you know what, we should change this. So it's only, like, that whole scene where they're talking at the diner is them actually speaking English, and they're just dubbed over with, like, alien voices and have subtitles. If you read their lips, they're speaking English for a completely different set of lines.
1: Oh, no shit. Yeah. See, I never knew any of
0: that. Exactly. I didn't know until I was like watching the special features. I'm like, what? That's That just shows also how immensely well edited this movie is. Slick 98 minutes, just not a th- bit of fat on this entire movie. No,
1: and in fact, it doesn't even feel like it's 98 minutes. I mean, it feels almost like an episodic television show, like a a good 45 to 50 minutes. I mean, this movie just is a breeze to get through.
0: It also is a great example of, um, I mentioned the makeup effects, but how they actually blend together practical and CG stuff, I think is like the perfect way to do it.
1: Yeah, it still holds up pretty well. You're always going to be able to see the outdatedness in CG. I mean, literally almost every couple months, months, there's new technology, but it still holds up fairly well.
0: Like that whole scene where he, where Jay first goes through the MIB lobby and just all the different creatures there. You know, it's oh, awesome. It's amazing. You're just going through. That's why as a kid, I loved going to the, um, the only good sequel to this movie, the Men in Black Ride <laughs> over in oh. Universal Studios, which has Will Smith doing the videos, which is amazing for like 2002 when they did right. that. They got Will Smith yeah. to fucking do that. Um, but you walk through the lobby and... Um, and like the lobby's there and like the line you're up on like the, obviously like these rafters and stuff but I was just like I want to go down there I don't care about the ride I want to go to the MIB headquarters I want to talk right. to Bob and blah 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 which right. another great bit <laughs> uh, it almost kind of like honestly I realized watching this too just looking back this is the, a good gateway I realized for me with like a lot of sci-fi comedy like oh, I don't sense. think I would have gotten to like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy without this movie
1: well, I never did get into it, but <laughs> it does make sense. This is a
0: good launch point, yeah. Right, it's a good gateway drug to, like, movies that have, like, a weirder sensibility, but at the same time, this is so commercial. And, you know, we should also talk about, of course, this is back in the glory days when Will Smith did a rap to accompany oh, yeah. his, uh...
1: The man in... Oh, here come the men in black.
0: Here come the... it! get and the here lyrics come right. the
1: men in black. <laughs> if you ever get near us, don't fear us. We're fearless. <laughs> That's a... Stupid! It's so stupid. But it's immensely catchy. I uh, yeah, I'd argue this in his fucking jam for Wild Wild West is like super catchy.
0: That's the weird thing is Wild Wild West is the better song for the way worse movie. Way worse movie, but a really good song. Though. It's a
1: dope ass song. <laughs>
0: it's a watchable movie. Just just watch the music video and you're fine. And he wraps the plot, so you don't even need to watch the movie. Exactly.
1: You're good. Skip the Kenneth Branagh Spider. Um, No, dude, I really, really do like this movie. And this is definitely one that this falls right in line with me for like Jurassic Park or things like that, that once my kid is a little bit older, that she can she'll watch and like enjoy. This is a good movie to show like a six, seven year old. It really is.
0: Yeah, it, it worked for me. And look where I am. Oh, fuck. (laughs) This is, I am your omen, Adam. Don't do (laughs) that. I might want to retake that strategy. (laughs) It's a bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off cotton. Um, But, you know, before we go into final thoughts, I do want to ask, so what do you think is missing from Will Smith's later performances that work so immensely well here?
1: Well, A, hunger. He doesn't need to do it anymore. He's so fucking filthy rich. Although he probably didn't need to do it here because he's also been riding high in that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air money. But he hasn't changed his shtick since this kind of... Like, even if Bad Boys wanted to, he's this character. So he's either this guy or the ultra-serious seven-pounds guy. And that's it. I don't know if he has the fucking range that we all... that Well, at least that he hopes he has. And I th- it almost feels like the roles he takes now are roles that are written for a Will Smith type, and he just gets them. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's... Either he hasn't had a chance to show off any range, or he doesn't have range. This was just a fun movie that he actually gave a shit about being in. And I don't think he really gives a shit anymore.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's part of the problem. I, I think also it's just... It's like I mentioned, the fact that he plays this guy who has like an ego or facade ends up getting some very more like every time he gets hit there's a willingness to make fun of yourself a bit more versus mm-hmm. I think as he's gotten older he just has too much of like this i'm a cool dad vibe
1: so you think he takes himself a little too seriously
0: i think a bit of that but it's a weird thing where he takes himself too seriously but he loves his dad jokes like that's the kind yeah, of air uh... that he has he just is like i'm the cool guy and i can make fun of people but i'm not the butt of the joke right right I'm not that. Um and I think that's just been
1: that's a good point because on the flip side his so his bizarre Will Smith would be like a Ryan Reynolds then.
0: Yeah. Well the, the thing is Ryan Reynolds I don't think ever lost that demeanor. I just think he took some bad roles that kind of didn't
1: well, So did this, <laughs> exemplify so did that. this guy though.
0: Yeah, but the thing the difference is that people kept just showering him with money for like 15 years. Mm. So he's just like, "Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it." Woo, ha ha ha. ha. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> that that's the thing. It's just that like he he feels like he's really is a victim of his success. Yeah. I really wish that something like a you know, Wild Wild West and some of his other like late nineties, early two thousands movies hadn't done as well so you could have a bit more of like an ego chick, like, look, it's not always gonna work. Uh except it did, honestly. And I but it's also not from like lack of trying in certain places. Like I think like an I am legend, for example, as bad as that movie is, he's really giving it his all.
1: He's fantastic in the movie.
0: Yeah. It's not him. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff around him that doesn't quite Mm -hmm. work for him. I I just think if he were to recognize, if he were to be humbled a bit more, I think it would work. That's why I'm really excited for Gemini Man, because it feels like he is kind of humbling himself while also getting to be a bit vain by being the younger version of himself at the same time. I mean, yeah. Just kind of having its cake and eating it, too.
1: I'm kind of looking at Gemini Man like his Hail Mary pass, just hoping it connects. Because, let's face it, Bright didn't.
0: Excuse me, it was the highest-watched Netflix movie, says the Netflix statistics we aren't allowed to see. I actually kind of enjoy Bright.
1: For all its faults, I kind of enjoy it. I'm definitely in the minority when it comes to that. So I'm like one of the trolls, (laughs) or ogres, or whatever the hell. Gemini Man, to me, feels like his last attempt at, like, I could still make it work, I could still headline original material, because if it doesn't work, he's still got Bad Boys 3 coming out. But if Gemini Man fails, I, I think we might be seeing almost the end of original Will Smith movies.
0: Well, also, weirdly, his, honestly, he's disposition, and this is sad to say, it fits more of, like, the weird YouTube personality he's trying to be
1: now. Oh, I didn't even know about this, either.
0: Yeah, he has, like, a big
1: YouTube channel. Oh, for fuck's sake. Of course he does.
0: But that personality fits a bit more, I guess, for that, except he can't be... Like, the best example of, like, a celebrity YouTube account is have you seen jack black's jablinski games i have not it's actually a lot of fun because that dude one always degrades himself anyway he's He's always but what works so geniusly in that is the fact that he's actually around his two sons who also produce the videos with him and they're constantly embarrassed by his jack black shenanigans that works really well as opposed to you notice in the will smith videos like his kids occasionally show up but they're just kind of distant like jaden shows up in his white batman outfit oh, or for god's sakes other uh, shit but that's the difference is will smith lacks something to make him humble and i think that's what works so well about to segue into my final thoughts about this movie uh, remember when we were talking about men in black um what works so well about men in black is just that like he is able to not take himself so seriously in the same way that worked about fresh prince he's able to like be the butt of the joke while also being kind of cool it, it more endears you to him being cool Mm-hmm. honestly, that he's willing to, like, make fun of himself a bit, and that contrasts perfectly from Tommy Lee Jones, who's having a lot of fun, and it's such a perfectly written script that's so tight, that just, like, this perfect setup, payoff, and all this other stuff, even when they had, like, completely changed stuff in post, um, they did such a great job with it, and Rick Baker, like I said, his tour de force, I would argue, is this movie, with all the different designs that he does here, it's honestly a near perfect movie for me, and, and one of the issues I have is in Linda Fiorentino, I think she's quite charming.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm going to disagree with the Linda Fiorentino thing. I find her completely wooden boring. That might just be one of my things. She's never worked for me. Like anything I've seen her in, I don't like her. But I will say this is also a prime example of a good summer blockbuster. This is This is a great movie. This would be a fun movie for fans of like... Modern-day MCU, younger fans who really like like Guardians of the Galaxy to go back and watch something like this. This is a really, really fun movie. A great tone, great ensemble cast. I mean, yeah, you got your two main leads, but all the supporting casts are fantastic. Like you already said, the, the um, makeup effects and the creature design and everything is so good in this. The action's fun. Great antagonist in Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, honestly, this... This probably is, and I think I have to agree with you, the star-making turn for Will Smith. I know a lot of people, Independence Day, because, you know, welcome to Earth or whatever, but I think this one showed what he can really do.
0: That was the appetizer, this is the main course. I, I, yes, I do think so. Fresh Prince is really good finger food.
1: Yeah, we might still be waiting for the dessert. But I, I do agree with you. I think this is an ultimately just damn nigh a perfect summer blockbuster movie.
0: It's perfect for doing exactly what it aims to be.
1: hmm A family fun sci-fi action movie.
0: Yep. Um, where at the same time you do have like <laughs> sleazy stereotypes and weird shit going on, um, like uh, the dog. We even talk about the dog and how fun that bit is. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. one bit as opposed to extending it to like a whole supply of a character. Where he becomes a fucking agent. And they put the him sequel. in a widow tuxedo. <laughs> oh that's the thing is this movie feels almost like a french connection movie but the fun is that he's shaking down a dog mm-hmm. that's so an underrated line in this movie oh the dog owes him money <laughs> <laughs> the dog owes him money perfect line wonderful line but uh, alright we we could talk about Men in Black forever well that is the end of our discussion on our two Will Smith films uh, for the evening Um, but before we pick our movies for next week we have some feedback that we want to read uh, basically at DEDB pod which is our Twitter and Facebook page every Monday we ask you hey what's your favorite or least favorite example of This topic that we're doing in particular First from uh, James Rodriguez uh, Men in Black is a favorite of mine Showing Will's effortless charisma In this highly entertaining intergalactic but cop feature Um, As for worse, I downright hate collateral beauty. Sidelining Will as a grieving father in favor of his toxic business partners who want to gaslight him, and then treating them as the heroes? Fuck off with that. Brian Kane says, uh, I have a super massive soft spot for the pursuit of happiness. I think it's also safe to say that Fresh Prince is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. And uh, anything that neuters his charisma after Earth or Suicide Squad is sinful. This man should not be contained. Uh, Brian Stitcher of The Horror Returns says, I remember really liking Enemy of the State, and Wild Wild West is pretty bad. Mark Anthony King II says, "Um, I really like Bad Boys. Both 1 and 2 are really fun action movies that definitely show off Will's charisma. Um, After Earth is just Nego Will Smith. That, and even for 90 minutes, it's boring as fuck. Oh, and uh, add Shark Tale to that too. And then Rachel Hillis says, Favorites, Men in Black, Independence Day, Suicide Squad, and the first half of Hancock... Least favorite, the second half of Hancock, which totally ruins the movie, and The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, yeah, we've talked about this off mic, Rachel, but yeah, we mm. both agree so hard on that with Hancock. Oh, yeah, 100%. The first half is such a cool idea for a movie, of like, oh, he's a superhero, but he's a drunken piece of shit. Yep. Oh, perfect. Well, that's amazing. That's a great idea. Wait,
1: they're they're Greek gods? Uh, oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as far as uh, Brian... I remember really liking Enemy of the State, too. I haven't seen it in a long time. But it wasn't because of Will Smith. It was because of Hackman. Gene Hackman is so good in that movie.
0: Yeah, I've I've never seen Enemy of the State. I'm curious, though, because uh, from what I've heard, it's kind of a pseudo-sequel to The Conversation.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I've
0: heard people say, is, which I love The Conversation. And that's a back pocket, because that's an underrated-as-fuck movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what Francis Ford Coppola made in between two Godfather movies? Another great movie! Holy shit! Wow,
1: right? Surprising.
0: For yeah, for sure. Um, and you know with Bad Boys one and two. I will say, I think Bad Boys one is fine, and then Bad mm-hmm. Boys two is less a good movie and a fascinating display of what I both love and hate about Michael Bay.
1: Yes, it's pure testosterone cranked up to eleven. Yep, it's insanity. <laughs>
0: But, and at the same time, while there's so much stupid stuff, anything with Martin Lawrence doing comedy bits or, like, the rats fucking stuff like that, terrible. But then, on the complete opposite side, anytime Michael Bay does his big stupid camera moves, it's amazing in that movie. Yep. Like that...
1: That freeway chase scene.
0: With the corpses? Yes, amazing. Yes! Or the fact that yes. they destroy fucking Havana. <laughs> they destroy Havana, and then this... To
1: get her, to get
0: one girl back. Yep, and there's that... Yep. Whole, endless shot where it's like they're on either side of the fireplace and they keep zooming around each other mm-hmm. oh it's mm-hmm. it's so great and so terrible
1: michael shannon as a kkk member and henry rollins as a black op soldier yep yeah this works <laughs> it's so bad but it's great and pursuit of happiness it's it's not a bad movie it's not a bad performance facts probably Jaden's best performance but it's just to me they just they know what they're making. They want people to cry. And I'm a firm believer that there are people who will cry at a movie and say, Oh my god, that was an amazing movie when that's not always the
0: case. I've tried watching that movie and I just never could quite get into it.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. I saw it once. That was enough.
0: And then I'll admit you know. We, we talked about both of them in Focus. Uh, remember when we talked about Focus? Wait, what? What did we talk about? Yeah, I know. It's a movie that we just watched and talked about. I don't believe you. <laughs> but with uh, with Suicide Squad, I did feel like they were two of the only parts that I found interesting were him and Margot Robbie. Ah,
1: uh, see? Now, I did like Margot Robbie in it. I thought Will Smith was just being Will Smith. I didn't think he brought anything to it. I, I honestly thought that they just, because he's a name... So that's why he's in it. Uh, I honestly thought Jai Courtney was more fun than Will Smith in that. And I hate Jai Courtney.
0: The sad thing about Will Smith just kind of being Will Smith in Suicide Squad is that's like an oasis of quality yeah. by comparison to the rest of that's Suicide Squad around
1: it's it. a terrible film. Such a
0: garbage movie.
1: That was almost one of my choices.
0: Is that the worst DC movie? Or would you still say it's BVS? BVS. Yeah.
1: BVS Suicide Squad then Justice League.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that's I mean, about right, and I'm I'm totally fine with him not do, doing the sequel and just James Gunn doing whatever he wants to do now.
1: Yeah, but I mean I just just don't do it. Just don't do a sequel.
0: From everything, it sounds like it's really not that much of a sequel as much as a soft reboot, which I oh a hundred percent yeah because it's like only Jai Courtney and Margot Robbie I think are coming back. Mm-hmm. from what I've heard yep.
1: yeah I know supposedly rumored that Jared Leto will be in this one
0: I, I think they're gonna avoid it at all costs
1: fucking hope not I, d- I you know and the thing is nothing against Jared Leto even when they announced Jared Leto was the Joker I'm like this could be kind of interesting then when they released the picture of what he looks like, I'm like, oh, what the fuck have they done?
0: And then when they did all those, like, press tour things about, like, oh, he would, like, send us used condoms and bullets.
1: Yeah, right. And then he's in it for, what, eight minutes? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we got Morbius to look forward to, so.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want the second, James, where, like, I was behind the scenes... Kind of pushing Adam to have us talk about collateral beauty, yeah,
1: you tried. I couldn't do it, man. as
0: forgettable as focus is, collateral beauty is such a fascinating, awful train wreck of a movie. Where do you even know what that's about? kind
1: of I've seen the preview, and that's about it,
0: okay, basically, the premise of collateral beauty is that Will Smith is a guy whose um kid dies. We were it at the okay. very beginning of the movie. And he's, like, the head of this major corporation, but he's in the dumps all the time. And so his business partners, which include, like, Edward Norton, Michael Pena, um, and a few other people, are like, hmm, man, you know, as he keeps doing this, our business keeps going down. But he's our friend. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna make him think that he's being visited by the personifications of death and time, and I forgot what the third person was. It's Keira Knightley, I think playing oh something else and we're, we're gonna christmas carol him and we're gonna film it but we're gonna edit the footage to make him look crazy so we can get him fired
1: this is a real movie <laughs> Yes, it is. oh my
0: god that sounds horrible but way more interesting than focus right
1: <laughs> oh i don't know i mean yes <laughs> yes i do a horribly dark level.
0: And the thing is, they play this off as, like, it's a charming, whimsical thing. Like, oh, we're gonna do this fun, frolicking thing to help our friend get out of the dumps. T- oh,
1: s-. my God. It's
0: so tone-deaf.
1: That's awful. Yeah, it is. Those are, bunch. that's a fucking f- group of sociopaths. Yes, they are. <laughs> but there are heroes. He's, he's grieving over his dead child
0: for too long. Yep. Yeah. We need more money. <laughs> But he's our friend. We're gonna help him get. Oh my god! And the thing god. is, Adam, I I'm haven't even told you some of the other twists that happened later with it.
1: It's oh, now I have to watch it, right? Uh, yeah, I think I gotta see this. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll put that in the back pocket. We'll cover it at some you point. Know, I, make some. Excuse I also want to
1: pick the one that no one I I saw no one picked. It's the one with Colin Farrell, where he plays the devil. Will Smith does.
0: Oh yeah. Um, Winter Winter's something. Winter's Tale, yes. I've seen that yeah, one. Yeah,
1: I almost picked that, but I'm like, I don't think I want to subject myself to this.
0: That's another fascinating failure of a movie, though it's not the best Will Smith showcase because he's in, like, two scenes.
1: Oh, I'm so glad
0: I didn't pick it up. And he plays Satan, and he's he only... did he two... wear, like,
1: a Nirvana shirt or a Hendrix shirt or something right, like that? Right, when
0: the movie takes place in, like, the early 1900s. Yeah, because that makes sense. Right. Uh, yeah. But, oh, there's so much more. There's Russell Crowe is, like, a evil drunk demon and there's a pegasus and there's a lady with cholera (laughs) who colin farrell's trying to fuck it's so (laughs) great that's another back pocket so this is like russell
1: crowe and colin farrell got together drank a bunch of beers and did some blow and wrote this movie
0: well um no who actually wrote and directed it's the rectorial debut of akiva goldsmith (laughs) (laughs) oh lord Oh, that's that's a fascinating one. That's another back pocket. Um, but thank you for all that feedback, guys. I also want to thank some other people. I want to thank Chris Oliver for the intro and outro music used on the show. Listen to more of his music at chrisoliver.bandcamp.com. Thanks to Emily Scarter for the art used for our show. She accepts commission at Fiverr with 2 rscom Slash and uh, you can find us on Twitter at DEDBpod and Facebook as well over there. And you can also submit feedback to double-edgedoublebill at gmail.com. Um, you can also read my own little personal thoughts on Twitter at NotTheWho'sTommy. And I also do write reviews at com. Um, and you can find Adam uh, somewhere inside of a car in a suit ready to just uh, neuralize you.
1: Welcome to Earth. Or Time to Save the World. Or I Make This Look Good. Or... Uh-huh. <laughs> you do whatever you want to do.
0: For the record, he does say Earth, not Earth.
1: I'm saying Earth because I have a lisp, you
0: prick. For more great content like that, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate and review us to give the show more visibility. Either there or also we're all over the place on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, we're we're Pod. everywhere. Podbean, of course, we're always there. We're everywhere and nowhere. We uh, are in the shadows. We are the men in black. Yeah, but seriously, like. Pay attention to us. Please. We're we're, we're starving for attention. Though, before you go give us that attention, uh, we gotta pay attention to our picks for next week, Adam, because in honor of Godzilla King of Monsters coming out, uh, we're doing a Godzilla double feature.
1: We are? I picked shitty animated movies because of Ugly Dolls. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) Oh, this is gonna be weird. It's gonna be a bad Godzilla movie and a good shitty animated movie?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, kinda. I got Food Fight.
0: That's pretty great.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but But I believe you do have two good Godzilla movies and I have two bad Godzilla movies. Is that correct, Adam?
1: That is correct. And this was actually kind of a difficult one for me, as you and I both talked about. I am not as versed in Godzilla as I like to believe I might be. I definitely have a high appreciation for the character, and I definitely recognize what the character and the series is done for film kaiju movies horror movies whatever you want to call it in general but i ain't seen nearly as many as i thought i
0: have um i've seen probably of like the original toho ones i've seen probably about half i'm not i'm probably a bit more versed than you but not nearly
1: Yeah, I've seen, I think, five or six total.
0: Yeah, um, a lot of that has to do with our potential guest for next week. Just wait for that, um, exposing me to a lot more of those movies. Uh, But we both have uh, two movies uh, each, and one has the two good movies, one has the two bad. And we've each assigned numbers between 1 and 10 for both those choices. So the other will pick a number between 1 and 10 to get closest to whatever good choice and whatever bad choice. You'll hear it in a second, folks. Let's uh, go ahead and get this started. For your two good choices, Adam, I'm going to pick the number six at number 10
1: because I just went one in 10 number 10 is Ghidorah the three-headed monster
0: okay that's one I've seen it's a good one. Oh,
1: I have not so great and at number one I had Godzilla vs. Biollante which I heard was a fun one
0: yeah I mean I'm a big fan of that but I, I love Little Shop of Horrors and it's literally Godzilla vs. Saundry 2 so
1: oh nice see I also never seen that one so it's
0: pretty fun yeah
1: by the way who's our guest for next week is it Matthew Broderick Teutopolis. yeah i'm gonna ask him
0: how does it feel like to kill somebody you bastard i'm sure that's the best question to ask anybody <laughs> <laughs> look it up guys it really happened um but now for yep. my two bad movies adam
1: hmm. Hmm. i'm gonna go number
0: two okay at number one I had uh, the immensely controversial amongst Godzilla fans, uh, pretty infamously bad one, Godzilla's Revenge. Ooh.
1: I've heard of this one, and again, I'm not first in Godzilla. I've heard this is
0: awful. This is one I haven't seen, but I, I'm I am aware of it. It's one where oh, I, no. some of the uh some of the heroes talk, some of the monsters talk, apparently. No oh, yes, I can't wait. <laughs> that yep, uh, we're we're doing that. Um and then at uh number seven I had uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, which is one I've heard is also pretty bad.
1: Yeah. So this is kind of fun So it's uh, Both of them are blind views for me uh, And one of them is for you So that'll be interesting And then Matthew Broderick Can tell us a bunch of Cool little anecdotes About murder And 1998 Godzilla
0: Yeah I'm, I'm sure By the way Interesting fact is that uh, These are both uh, Our first movies From the 60s That we've done
1: both are both from the 60s
0: Yeah and we've never done A 60s movie So we're making up for time Keeping it crispy Yes That's what we're doing But that's it, and uh, we'll get back to our kaiju crash of a double feature next week. But until then, woo! Ha 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 ha!
1: Cheap and crispy, long live the tooch! Woo! Ha-ha-ha.